to Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Bye! Um, another, I had a dream about, um, Deseret Book. <laughs> I think you have more PTSD from Deseret Book than, like, from the Navy. Uh, well, it's kind of, I have three dreams, the trifecta. There's Deseret Book, there's the mission, and then there's the Navy. So, and it kind of, they take turns, you know? They just cycle through. Yeah. What if you had to be a missionary working Deseret Book on a ship? That would okay, be now you've just unlocked a new terror for me. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. My subconscious is going to be like, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Let's <laughs> just real fuck them up tonight. <laughs> it's Sorry, always, okay, so this one was like, it. they obviously never make sense, but I'm always like trying to get to work. And then like, for some reason I was, I had to, the only thing I could find was to wear jeans and like a shirt, and then I was uh, obviously jeans and a shirt, which is not appropriate. Appropriate, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I got there, and I put my little apron on, and um, I was like waiting for them to like talk to me about my my outfit, and then <laughs> but then there was like chaos for some reason, and I go up to the front, and the front like area was not it, none of it ever looks like it's supposed to it's all just weird it's like <laughs> it's like taking desert book and then like uh, injecting it with like dr seuss stuff like it's just weird it's just bizarre. <laughs> and so this one for some reason corporate was there and they were like doing stuff and so everybody was like all tense and then uh, and then the i just remember the cash registers being like in this circle and there were like five of them and for some reason, corporate was like, we have to open all of them all at once, so you can't help any of the customers, so all the customers are getting mad. And then this one, this is very detailed, I don't know, this is all I remember, but like, okay, so then this one, and obviously this probably happened in like two seconds in your, you know, and then um, the this lady was like, talking to the this lady started yelling at us and then I was, she was like, I want to see your manager. And I was like, well, I'm a supervisor. You want to talk? And then we go to the back and we're trying to find this office to sit in so that she could yell at me. And then couldn't like, it just kept going like the hall, like a hall. And then we found this one room that had like storage in it and like hay bells for some reason. And then, um, <laughs> and then these people came in like, they're carrying boxes and I was like oh well this won't work and so we go back and I'm like making jokes with her I'm like you want to work at Desert Book like <laughs> there's a cute apron that we have to wear and she's like oh yeah very cute and then I don't know anyway that's all I remember which is actually more than I probably should remember but the hay bales oh my god that's so funny that's so funny I love it I love it <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I don't know. Welcome, listeners, to <laughs> Dream Hour.
if anybody out there does like dream interpretations, let Jake know why he's dreaming <laughs> about hay bales and does rap please. Yeah. I'm very interested to Actually, find don't, out. Don't let me know. Just let Dusty know and then she can tell me like mm, therapy is in so order. So much for therapy. You. So much therapy <laughs> for you. <laughs> Although I already know I need therapy, but you know, it's oh, fine. Everybody does. Everybody needs I, therapy. Exactly. Oh, we're gonna need therapy after this. <laughs> uh, listeners, as it is June Pride Month, da, 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 the da, month da, da, where da. all games come out in our <laughs> glory. <laughs> can't talk to us. <laughs> you can't sit with us. <laughs> um, we're gonna be doing a lot of uh, gay Pride themed. About to get real gay up in here. Yeah. Real gay. <laughs> I mean, more so than usual, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to kick this off with our greatest ally ever. Oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> uh, President Dallin H. Oaks and his lovely wife, Sister Kristen M. Oaks. So, they were in... Uh, they did a young single adult... Um, just a second, I've got... Oh, nope, nope. What's happening? Computer's happening. Technology. We're super professional, by the way. Um, it's okay. I'll, I'll edit. Um, <laughs> what's happening? It's being dumb. Are you frozen? No, you're not frozen. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, okay, good. Whew, we, we dodged a bullet. Okay, so... <laughs> They did a um, young single adult conf- uh, global broadcast or whatever on May 21st, and um, yeah, it's lovely. Let's and actually, it's going to be a surprise for both of us because I haven't read I haven't read all of it. So <laughs> one of the things is that um, I've noticed that it's hard to find these. Like you have to dig to find mm-hmm. the transcript. Like it's usually like a article, and then they'll um, and I don't like to do that because at least I've done it before, but I'm I'm trying to like be less like that because they usually just take out the snippets that you mm-hmm. and so you don't full you get context. the full context of it, yeah. And it's usually biased, so they're just like, mm, yeah. What? No. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Although Salt Lake Tribune is pretty good. They That's do. true. Yeah. All right, so this is the full-on transcript. I don't know. We won't go. Let's see. Oh, it's hella long. Okay, never mind. We aren't going to read all of it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to um, fill my coffee cup up with some booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, want just remember that he's talking to young, single adults. Okay, speaking <sighs> to an audience like. President Russell M. Nelson gave this important prescription. As the world grows more and more secular and less spiritual, your growth should be more and more spiritual and less secular. Strive to stand for principle instead of popularity. Then he gave this challenge. Know the truth and stand for it, even if the truth is not politically popular. Our goal in our mortal lives and the path we should follow to prevail are given in the plan of salvation, and more recently, the family, our proclamation to the world. Thank you for bringing up that uh, uh, 
but they don't no it's just a guide dusty it's not doctrine it's, it's not doctrine it's just a guide that's why they talk about it every fucking time god and then consider this perspective in the va- this valuable summary by president nelson can he like suck his dick more heart like harder <laughs> jesus <laughs> All right. Life is not a one-act play. There really is a pre-mortal period, and there really is life after death. Pre-mortal and mortal portions are but prelude to our post-mortal life. Knowledge of the three degrees of glory as revealed to prophets gives us a glimpse of our post-mortal potential. Eternal life is glorious and well worth the quest. I just, I've said this a million times, and I'll continue to say it. I hate how the focus is so much on don't worry about this life. It's going to be so much better in the next life. Like, yeah. can, can we just, can we just like make the best of the time that we have? Yeah. Cause we don't actually fucking know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. What happens. On the, I mean, maybe the Mormons are right. Maybe they are. Ooh. Maybe they are. And if However, they are, cool, but... and especially like people who are in families who are divided on the whole religion thing. Could we just like spend time with our children who are unbelieving because that might be all that they get together. Yeah. Like maybe I'm feeling some uh, personal emotions here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is a little, uh, <laughs> but, like, I feel you there. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, can we just make an effort to like spend, like to not necessarily worry like, Oh, we'll have time in the next life. Like, can, mm-hmm. can we just, can we just make the best of the time that we have right now? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. Just gonna drink some more coffee. It's fine. <laughs> uh, as Latter Day Saints, we are blessed with modern revelation that gives us a greater understanding of the purpose of this mortal life. Like President Nelson said, he's he's still doing it anyway. Uh, we do not view it like a one-act play. For us, there are at least three acts in our ex- eternal journey. Act one is our pre-mortal existence. Our current mortal existence comes next, like act two. Our life after death is act three. This last act includes a literal resurrection of all who have ever lived and a final judgment that assigns us to a kingdom of glory for which our deeds, decisions, and desires have qualified us. Uh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love how they just, just they just like state it as fact. Like, I mean, I guess all religions do. Yeah. But like, y- show me the receipts, sir. Yeah. I just want to know. I just, I just want to know how you can say these things. But what, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to talk about like uh, purpose of our life in Act Two, our mortal life, whatever. We have the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, saying you, David. Chat <laughs> <laughs> um, <Jeff> it. <laughs> Uh, the first, he says, the first truth concerns marriage. Oh, God. Marriage is central to the purpose of mortal life and what follows. We are children of a loving Heavenly Father who created us with the capacity to follow his commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. That power of creation is one of the most precious gifts we have in mortal life. But central to that gift is the law of chastity, uh, the commandment that our powers of procreation be expressed only within marriage between a man and a woman. That commandment is central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That reality explains why we have different values and refrain from certain behaviors that seem common among many around us. 
Because we're so much better than everybody else. <laughs> right? Uh, okay. Uh, our attitude toward the definition of marriage and toward marriage itself are examples of that. Leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ are uniquely concerned. Oh, speaking of, this is a little, little side note. Mm. I'm um, There's like a movement, and I think it's, you know, kind of you can see it happening where they kind of just, they want to drop the of Latter-day Saints. Oh, really? Yeah. They just want to be the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, well it's because they've been saying for 200 years since they were started, these are the latter days and yeah. end times <laughs> and they've like, been wrong for a while. And they've, have you noticed they've really been moving away from the, like the last days Jesus is coming at any point. They're really starting to like, Hmm. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, we actually don't know when he's coming because he's probably actually not actually going to come. But yeah, you know. like all these like disasters that we're saying are like the signs of the times is like scientifically being proven because we're killing our planet. So mm-hmm. science? What? Science. What? Oh my god! Yeah. Like science actually knows what it's talking about and is actually provable. <laughs> Weird. No, no, dinosaurs yeah. didn't exist. They were just parts of the earth that were smushed together. It's fine. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, we need to go into a dive sometime about that whole situation. But anyway, I digress. Oh, I, I told my coworker about that, and she was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Uh, this includes. Oh, let's see. Leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ are uniquely concerned about recent changes in the nature and extent of marriage in the United States. Oh, my God. Uh, this includes the increasing tendency of U.S. citizens, including some worthy young Latter-day Saint men and women, to postpone marriage. To demonstrate that tendency, let's, let us look at two charts on marriage. So he shows these charts. So in 1995, the there were 78% of women um, married in the, in U- in the U.S., Okay. Then, From what age groups, though? It <clears throat> uh, doesn't say. That's a good oh. question. I'm just trying to interpret this on the fly, so. <laughs> oh, no uh, And then, uh, let's see, and then in 2000, in 2020, it was 70.3% of women married. Oh, my goodness. That dropped by married. almost 8%? Yeah, percent of ever married. So, just, like, in their lifetime, I guess, married. Oh, okay. Um, and then men is 71% in 1995, down to 62%. Gasp. I know. This first chart shows a significant reduction in the percent of citizens in the United States who have ever been married. In the last 30 years, this percent drops 8 to 9 percentage points for both men and women. Marriage is clearly on the decline in the United States. Um, also, because it's an archaic practice that actually doesn't necessarily need to be adhered to. It's literally a contract that is submitted contract. to the government. That's it. Yeah. It's a binding contract that you're betting 50% of your stuff that you're going to stay together. Like, that's all. Yeah. Like, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. The only thing that changed between Patrick and I when we got married is we filed our taxes as a married couple. Nothing else changed. Yeah. We still live, like, we still, and technically, we were common law because we were in a romantic relationship and had bills in our, both our names coming to our place of residence. Like, mm-hmm. 
That's all. The government does is way overly involved. Well, and you were saying that common law in Canada is one year, right? If you have, yeah, if you sign a contract together as like a romantic couple, <clears throat> you can claim common law at any time. Like if you've been living together and you want to say that you're common law after three months, you can do so. Um, otherwise, it's like a three-year cohabitation. Um, but yeah, if you have a child together, as soon as you have a child together, if you sign contracts together, and there's something else. I can't remember. There's three There's three different things that can change it from three years to like whenever. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In America, it's seven years, which so crazy. is wild to me. But yeah. And I hadn't ever thought of that. I was like, oh, doesn't seem like that bad, you know, but it was like a yeah. long ass time. Doesn't. But like you don't. That's the same amount of time you have to wait to declare somebody who's missing legally dead. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It, <laughs> there's no correlation there know. other than like seven <laughs> years. <laughs> I'm I'm fine, everybody. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Dusty, put away the true crime podcast for a while, maybe just for a little bit. Just take a little break, a little break, see. Down there and pick up some happy something. <laughs> what author that writes happy books? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything's fine. You're doing great. I'm fine. <laughs> Anyways, it just seems like a really long time. It is a long time. And and the benefit long. is to 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 what to so you can pay your taxes together. I don't understand. You would think that they would want you to pay. Your, well, they don't care. They just want to know like dual income or not because it puts you in a different tax bracket, right? So. You would think that they would want you to be in a different tax bracket sooner rather than later, but yeah, maybe they're, I don't know anything about that. So it's very, <laughs> very convoluted, but yeah. Okay. So he shows another chart, uh, the average age of first marriage church members <laughs> from 1970 to 2015. You want to guess what the <laughs> average age for women? 19. No, no, in 1970. Oh, in 1970. Uh, let's see. If they send their missionaries out at 19, they're gone for. I didn't say 22. Oh, close, 21. Oh. Yeah. And then in 2015, for women, it's 26.8 is the yeah. average age for first marriage. Yeah. That's how old uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I was 27. It was a few months after I turned 27. <laughs> You're like uh, right on the. I'm just like I'm like, like above all average. You're like guys, I'm above average. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you say for the average age of first marriage for men in 1970? 1970. I'm gonna say 22 again. That's 23. Ah, pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, and then 28.5 for in 2015. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, why is that a bad thing, though? Like, I'm an older mom. <laughs> before they decide to get married. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Like, I think about this all the time. And I'm not saying my way is the right way. If you are had kids in your 20s, God bless you. You're awesome. Good for you. But I'm just looking at me. I only know my journey. And having a child at 30, almost 32, my first child, 
I'm a much different parent than I would have been at 22. Like my patience level is a lot more there. I'm a lot more aware of like things in the world. Um, I was able to be a really irresponsible 20 year old and have like a stupid life. (laughs) (laughs) I had kids. For um, things of that you may have missed out on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I stayed out drinking until four in the morning and puked in a Denny's parking lot. Like, you know, those, and, and I'm not saying that like those are important steps, but they kind of are. Like it's kind of you gotta get to, it out of your system. Yeah, you kind of have to figure out who you are and what you like to do and have those experiences. And then I don't know. And I'm again, I'm not saying my way is the right way. Maybe these parents who are gonna have kids out of their house by the time they're 40, maybe that's the way to go. I don't know, but I don't know. I just I have a lot of really young friends because I have young children and just looking at the difference between them and myself, I'm a lot more tired for sure. Like I wear out way faster, but I also see a huge difference in my parenting style. Like things just don't affect me the way that I see younger parents being affected by. And I think that has a lot to do with like self growth and like, you know, healing your inner child and not taking everything your child does as a personal attack on you because you have this un, you know the stuff inside so I think I think there's something to be said I mean again my young friends can run 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 and I'm like I, I need to sit down <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am tired <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um Let's see, he goes on to say, consider what young adult Latter-day Saints miss when their marriages intentionally are intentionally delayed for a significant period. So he's what, talking about what you're what missing. What did they miss? Opportunities they lost miss? and blessings postponed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This means delays. So he's saying, like you, this is interesting because he's taking, he's saying like basically what you say, but like he's saying personal comes through marriage. No, so he says this delays no. important personal growth that occurs in a relationship between a husband and wife. Growth in such qualities is sacrifice and humility. Oh my God, no, 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 no. Also, no. can we also just bring up the fact that like, and we've talked about this before, your brains aren't fully formed until you're 25. 25. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, you have these children that are still creating pathways in their brains, and like they're you know, and figuring themselves out and self, you know, becoming self-aware and they still, you know, moldable and they're, um, they're getting married and supposed to like bring other children into the world and then. uh, And try and teach these other children. And the other thing is you, I honest to God believe you cannot give in a relationship like your hundred percent unless you are very secure in who you are as a person, I'm not saying it doesn't happen and I'm not saying you can't do that as a couple, but again, this is my journey. This is what I've gone through. I had to really know who I was as a person coming out of an abusive relationship and marriage and trying to deal with that and trying to think about like things that were actually important to me as a person rather than what the church told me was important. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a dangerous precedence to set that you have to get married when you're young. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we've I've heard it before. I don't know. Anyway, 
whatever. Um, that uh, they want you to marry young, so then you're you're already you have no like if you're allowed to have that. And that's probably why they've lowered the age of missions. Missions because they were losing people. Yeah. Yeah, because there's that really prime age where they're able to like, oh, I can do a year of college before I go. That's what I did before I left on my mission. And uh, there was a year of college where I got to, I mean, I went to Utah State, so it wasn't like I was doing a lot of, but I was able to, like, expose myself to other things that were, um, like, the the guys down my hall at my dorm smoked weed all the time, all the time. And, um, and that was the first time being exposed to anything like that. Right, yeah. And then, um, and also, like, be, I don't know. I just, it's another form of control. It's just all they want you to just stay in, get married real fast, so then you can, you have no choice. Because once you've brought brought more children into your life, there's um, a responsibility. You know, you feel like a sense of responsibility to carry on those things that you were taught because you don't know any better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's putting in place that you have, everything's, everything's okay now because you have your eternal companion and you're married in the temple and now you're having children. And so everything is laid out and there's no questioning because your path is already set in front of you and there, you don't have to think about it. You just do what you're told, which I mean, some people really thrive under that type of situation and that's great. And I'm happy that it works for them, but I'm one of those people that I need to touch the hot stove to see that it's hot. Yeah. So I don't like being told to, not find out for myself yeah oh i i'm the same way um so he lets he lets his wife talk for a little bit oh just like she gets like two paragraphs here (laughs) yeah uh she says marriage is a gift not only does marriage give us the opportunity for children it gives us the opportunity and incentive to begin a journey of growing with one another which Uh, you can still do without a legally binding contract but whatever See, and the more I'm, like, I'm going to be 40 this year, and, like, I never, like, I was just even thinking about this this morning. I was like, I've never wanted to be, like, 40 and single. But I don't yeah. know if that's because, like, I grew up with that conditioning of, you know, when you're 40 and you're single, then you're, like, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, and compounding that with the fact, you know, the being gay, like, it's just, it's harder to be, um in a relationship to find a lasting committed relationship in the gay community. It's just, that's just the, the nature. Yeah. It's just the nature of it. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a, it's more complex than just like, I've thought about this a lot in that, like the, we haven't, uh, gay men, we don't have like, I think we've talked about this before where we don't have those relationships to look at because Mm -hmm. there was the AIDS epidemic you know yeah. a whole generation of men just they were obliter- all demonized yeah well yeah. demonized and obliterated like dead mm-hmm. like yeah. falling like flies you know like um and they so there's a whole generation of men that just and then also there was all these um legal you know like there was i mean i can't think of my words right now um but there was a lot of there was demonization there was um legally it was you couldn't do it. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. They had le- laws against sodomy and against mm-hmm. the, even the right to privacy. You know, like yeah. the right to privacy in America was um, even brought forward 
because two gay men were having sex in their apartment or in their place and they got raided. And then um, that was that's started that whole conversation of privacy. And Mm -hmm. that's being questioned now. That's why Roe v. Wade is so huge. Not to get so political, but like Roe v. Wade, and I've been gaslit so many times about this, but like Roe v. Wade being overturned begins to question all these other things because Roe v. Wade is one of the things that Obergefell versus Hodges, which is gay gay marriage, that's Mm -hmm. it stems from that. From Roe v. Wade, yeah, it's built on it. Also builds, it goes all the way back to right to contraception, right to privacy, right right to privacy. Is going to be questioned. Um, mark my words on that. That's a prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Like, I have yet to finish reading The Handmaid's Tale. I've been trying to read it for years, and I struggle because I feel like it's happening. It's too real. Yeah, it's starting no, it's to the... happen where people don't have the safety in their own homes to you can't send your kids to school you can't it's terrifying to watch yeah and as a mom I like I can't I can't I can't <laughs> oh yeah um I actually just watched a video of a guy that's I can't remember his name he has a podcast doesn't matter he's some like uh white supremacist that lives in Idaho we came from California moved to Idaho he has like a big following. I can't remember his name, but I watched this video last night of him, and it was like I didn't go specifically looking for this video. This is a whole tangent I didn't expect to get on, but um, he, this one of my uh, friends, like did a stitch, like responding to it because she was she's very proponent, like she's very um, she lives in Western Idaho, and she does a lot of like she has a big TikTok following. She's been on the show actually. It's, I can't remember her name, actually. Oh, I should edit that out. Anyway, um, so she um, did a stitch of this, showed the video, and he said, we want – he's a – Christian nationalism is real. We want The Handmaid's Tale to be real. We want to make it reality, and we want to make it even further than that. Yeah. So That's their goal. Their goal is to – yeah, white men to be in charge of everything and everybody else to be basically subservient to them. That's mm-hmm. what they want. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Pre- so President Oaks again, pre- down homophobe Oaks, saying, In secular terms, the postponing of children, even their significant devaluing, is evident in the trend just reported in a respected national poll, which shows that the importance to adults of having children has dropped in the last 25 years from 66% to 33%. I mean, could it be that, like, maybe... We can't afford like, to have cost kids. Of living? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, it, yeah. We can't... The housing market, um, the fact that my grocery bill has doubled in the last 12 months. My kids are not eating that much more. That's just how much everything's gone up. Like, I wonder... Yeah. I wonder why people are choosing to not have children. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the let's see. So he posts. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Now, just for fun, we want to share what we once taught about dating and hanging out. Here and then, he shows a video of him talking. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> he references himself. Yeah. <laughs> So this We're is gonna from... listen to an expert. It's me. Yeah. 
Dallin, what do you have to say <laughs> about this? <laughs> like the Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> uh, well, this is from 2005. Uh, oh, God. So it says... Um, he says, for many years, this is before, this is introduction to it. For many years, the church has counseled our youth not to date before age 16. Perhaps some young adults, especially men, have carried that wise counsel to excess and determined not to date before 26 or maybe even 36. Now I invite you to go back with me and view this video from the year 2005. <clears throat> you ready for this? Man, no. man, if you have returned from your mission and you are still following the boy-girl patterns you were counseled to follow when you were 15, it is time for you to grow up. Oh, gather your courage and look for someone to pair off with. Start with a variety of dates with a variety of young women. And when the, that phase yields a good prospect, proceed the courtship. It's marriage time. That is what the Lord intends for his young adult sons and daughters. Men have the initiative and you, you men should get on with it. It's marriage time. It's also, time. Like, oh, yeah, men, you have to do the, have the, the initiative. Fr- oh, my God. As it. Yeah. Oh Man, the, I remember that at BYU Idaho. I was just like, um, it was. I cannot remember. I can remember like just a handful of times when, maybe not even that, when a woman would ask me on a date. It was always, it always had to come from me. Oh, and yeah. here I am, like little, you know, turmoil of gayness. You know, <laughs> I'm just oh. like, I'm like, okay, so I have to like purposely put myself through this, like, this torture. Of asking a woman that I don't even want to like. Yes, they're nice and they're nice to look at, but I don't want to date them. You know, like you're, I just, you're like I don't want any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you were expected to ask out the women. You were expected to pay for the women. You were expected to. Oh. Right. I'll, yeah. No. Go. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like it's all on you as the man to be like seeking out these eternal companions and as women we're just supposed to be open to any Joe Blow that's like I would like to date you and you just have to be like yes yes because we're supposed to get married at 22 and have babies and yeah and if you're if you're not a returned missionary then the the girls are just like "Mm, no and it's just usually like a Oh, I'll go on a date with him, but I'm not going to date him. You know, it's like, it's a... Yeah. Like, I remember when my ex asked me out the first time. It was just... I just happened to be in the right place, the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) Like, he didn't know who I was. He just knew I was, you know, I was graduating, and he had just gotten home from his mission. And so it was like, oh, better find a wife before I head back to university. Like... (sighs) <sighs> yeah. Oh, the things we learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so he says that he says I heard it from my 18-year-old granddaughter. A date must pass the test of the three P's: planned ahead, paid for, and paired off. <gasps> no. Yeah, this was in 2005, so not even that long ago. But like. They still believe this. They still go by this shit. <laughs> it's in the. It's ingrained in their culture. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Planned ahead, paid for. What was the third one? Sorry. Paired off. Paired off. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You don't have to do um, group dates anymore. Also, could be like what a serial killer 
does. He plans ahead. He pays for everything, and then they pair off, and he can kill her. Yeah. Again, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> yeah, fine. Every, normal. The normalist of normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, he says, marriage is not a group activity, at least not until the children come along in goodly numbers. In goodly numbers. <laughs> ah! uh, let's see. Any... Group activity. Oh, my God. Now I mean, I do agree with that, because we did have a roommate, and it caused nothing but problems, but... I don't think that's what he means. No, no. <laughs> thruples are not what he's talking about. <laughs> not that you were in a thruple, but I'm like, no, no, God, no. Oh, 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 oh. I need to go throw up. <laughs> <laughs> not that I have a problem with thruples, just that specific person. <laughs> uh, so he lets uh, Sister Oaks give some advice to women. Uh, she says, because I married at age 53, I know how the wait for a worthy companion feels and the longing and heartache and tears on my pillow that often accompany it. Accompany it. Ugh, accompanied it. Yeah. Uh, it's just... It's so, so sad. I know my, my mom has... Uh, one of her best friends is a never married. Um, and there's... She... I don't know why I said it that way. She's never been married. And she um, she's like... I think she just turned... 50? 60. Something. Anyway, she's old. She's older. older. Yeah. She had to have been 60 because she just retired. Anyway, so, and then she has a sister that also has never been married, and they, they're both around the same age, and they, um, they seem fine and everything, but, like, they, they still go to church. They do all that stuff. Right. And I guarantee that there's this, like, thing about, you know, that they're just, like, she talks to my mom like all the time about how she's not married and there's something wrong. And there's, you know, it's just like, I don't know. You can be, um, it's just the messaging from the church is that if there's, if you're older, if you're a certain age and you're not married, especially, and even if you're a man and you're not married and you're older then they're like, um, what's wrong with you too? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just women that gets this. It's like, yeah, I have an aunt Levon. She's my Grammy's sister, and mm-hmm. she never got married until later in life. She married my uncle Les, and he had two children from like a pre- previous relationship. I think his first wife had died, and she was like a warning to us girls: like, you don't want to turn out like Aunt Vaughn. You don't want to never have your own children and never experience that part of life. And it's wow. and she's and we'd be like, but she's so happy. Like she gets to travel and she gets to do fun things. And it was no, yeah. but she missed out on a huge part of life that she'll never Ugh. she'll never experience having her own babies. And and that was a warning, like a warning story to us. Wow. Yeah. Which is like looking back on it, like fucked up. She, she had like a good life. Like she was happy. She lived in St. George. Like she, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so she does say um, to seek out opportunities for service and learning while you, you know, prepare for stuff, you know. But then while you're waiting says, for your husband, make sure that you, like, do service and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Don't just sit and wait and get fat. Yeah. She does talk Ugh. about getting education, at least. So there's oh, that. That's good, but, at least. But only uh, if it doesn't interfere with getting married yeah. and having children immediately. Yeah. Drop all your plans if some guy comes along and says, hey, I want to marry you. 
Um, all right, so back to homophobe Oaks. Let's see. He said, let's see, I'm going to... Now I address some issues that are also of concern for the well-loved high school students in our audience. Nationwide, your peers are afflicted by anxiety, vulnerable to drugs, addicted to social media, and seeking counseling in record numbers. Oh, they're going to therapy? Weird. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder why. It's not yeah. like, you know, the world's turned to shit in the last 20 years. Yeah, I also don't know why they have anxiety. That's weird. That's super <laughs> weird. That's uh, weird. You were affected by these influences, but for you, the good na- good news outweighs all of that. You know you are children of God, a uniquely divine heritage. God loves you. He is a powerful mentor, and he has promised to help you. So Sky Daddy's going to help you. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, guys, don't have anxiety. Just don't worry about it, and you won't have anxiety because Sky Daddy loves you, mm-hmm. and you're better than everybody else. <laughs> Uh, so he says, I just received a valuable letter from a 16 year old girl who lives in a state where we have few members. I will call her Amy. Uh, her letter is, you know, that makes me think of is the Britney Spears song. If you seek Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's (laughs) fine. We're doing great. (laughs) Her letter is important because she expresses feelings that are common in young people all across the church. Uh, so, okay, this is from, he has a video of some other person reading the letter. Anyway, uh, I feel like I sometimes get inconsistent and confusing messages from the church. In my day-to-day life, I see members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on social media act as if they aren't part of this gospel. I feel like I am the only young woman in my ward who sees the things I see wrong with the world. I truly don't understand why so many youth in our church don't see any problem with people changing their gender every other day dating people who are the same sex or identify as no gender. Okay. Amy's not real, first of all, but whatever. (laughs) At Warner State Youth Activities, I am asked my pronouns, or at school, I am asked to dance with a girl who thinks she is a boy. I know we are supposed to love everyone and show them respect, and I always do. I just feel there's a line being crossed. I wish we heard more talk from church leaders about this problem. Yeah, Amy's not real. It's It's a whole, like, who talks like that? Also, no 16 year old I know, but I mean, <sighs> wow, 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 yeah. And I, I, okay, but if it's a, if it really is taking it realistically, like, um, it's supposed to be a place where there's in a state where we have few members. And she's talking about ward or stake youth activities where she's asked to, like, uh, that, asked, yeah, no. Asked to dance with a trans boy, you know, like, okay, but like, how big is your. <laughs> I just yeah, keep thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact, like, in, like, I don't know, the South, like, stake activities for youth is like a huge thing. They only have them like twice a year, you know, yeah, instead of where there's not, here, like, everybody else has to travel, Idaho, right? Like, every month. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, we had a steak dance every every month. Is that every month or twice a month? I don't know. Every Friday night though in Calgary, you could go you can go to the steak dance. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night dances are like a big thing. <laughs> oh man, the steak dance. And then you go to Peter's afterwards. Oh. And maybe a cute boy will buy you a milkshake. Oh. 
Do you get to share with the straw, two straws? Mm, ew. No. No. <laughs> no, I never, I never did that. It was usually my cousin's friends that would buy me a milkshake. Um, it, yeah, I was super cute and awkward. <laughs> 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 they were nice to me. It's fine. <laughs> Let's see. So he says uh, she wants to. So he says this letter struck me so pro- profoundly. She wants to do what is right, but she feels surrounded by values and behaviors she feels to be wrong, and she doesn't know what to do about it. Maybe she should just let people live their lives. Yeah. And he says How about we can that. Love others and find common ground without compromising the truths we know. Hmm. Uh, that's like the that's the church's like standard of like pretending that they love everybody but still doing harm mm-hmm. to those people. Like that's what I don't. It's that love the sin, love the, the sinner, sinner, hate the sin. sin. Yeah, hate the sin. Yeah. Which they get really <laughs> offended if you say I can love the churchgoer and hate the church. Like yeah. they take it so personally. But like that's literally what you're telling me. That's so what you're telling me you can hate everything about who I am as a person and say you love me. No, you can't. No, you cannot. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, in Amy's letter, she writes about church friends who are confused about their gender, a condition called gender dysphoria. This confusion can assume different forms at different times in a person li- person's life. Okay, as if you know what you're talking about, Dallin A. Chokes. Yeah, yeah. Let's see your uh, your education on the subject, other than you talk to Sky Dad- Daddy, who says, no, it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, affected persons and family members should therefore take the long view and seek to rely and act on eternal principles. <laughs> Uh, so basically go to the family proclamation that says oh gender is um eternal yeah eternal mm-hmm. um i have pondered the subject for some time now in the love i feel for these those concerned with such such subjects i have felt impressed by the spirit to use this opportunity to <laughs> emphasize some of the precious truths of the gospel of jesus christ i love how the spirit impresses them to state their personal beliefs mm-hmm it's shocking. It's just shocking to me that, you know, God who knows everything and loves all his children isn't saying, just let them live their lives. It doesn't affect you. Leave yeah. them alone. Leave them the fuck alone. They're not doing anything to bother you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> so he says, young women, young men and young and women. So this um, makes me think of, so the that episode we did where we talked about the first strength of youth mm-hmm. uh, changes and how it's more responsibility on a parent. So that's mm-hmm. basically very vague. <laughs> yeah. It's basically what he says is that uh, your church and seminary institute leaders and teachers and your parents have the responsibility and the inspiration to teach you the truth of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. You have the valuable booklet for the strength of youth. Uh, let's see. In its initial pages, contain this promise. So with these these truths as your guide, you can make inspired choices that will bless you throughout eternity. Uh, when Jesus was asked which was the great command, greatest commandment, he gave two. First was to love God, which we show by keeping his commandments. Second was to love our neighbor, which they don't do. They, they don't, don't do. do. They don't do. They're kind to their neighbor's face, and then they turn around and stab them in the back. By voting for policies and laws that completely obliterate their safety to live their life. Yeah. They don't love their neighbors unless their neighbors think exactly like they do. It's such bullshit. 
the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. Nothing. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's apparent even more so when, I, like, living in Rexburg, like, I live among a bunch of Mormons, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, and um, I don't, like, they're nice, but I'm also just, like, they just judge me from, like, oh, from far. You are their favorite <laughs> supper time conversation, I can guarantee. Like, they <laughs> are for sure talking about the gay guy that lives down the street. Like, for sure. For sure. Because I was that asshole Mormon not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so... Um, he keeps going on about loving your neighbor, which does, it's all just, um, sounds nice, but it's not like reality. No, No, it's not. Uh, my favorite divine example of combining and keeping both of these two great commandments is what the savior did when confronted with this issue. Chapter eight of the book of John reports how a group of scribes and Pharisees brought a woman to be judged by Jesus. And this is, I always think about this, the one, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a first stone at her. So, and like, whenever I go on Twitter and the Twitter Mormons are being assholes, I'm just like, oh, hmm, are you without sin? You can cast, you know, cast stone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's this entitlement that they know better than everybody else and they can I just I just I just uh, the need to combine and apply both law and love with inspired balance and timing is ever present. Elder D. Todd Christofferson has reminded us that putting the first commandment first does not diminish or limit our ability to keep the second commandment. To the contrary, it amplifies and strengthens it. Our love of God elevates our ability to love others more fully and perfectly because we, in essence, partner with God in the care of his children. So like you said, why are you voting for people that will harm and right. that want policies in place to regulate how people live their fucking lives? Yeah. Like, like, leave it alone. I was just talking to one of my my favorite bartender at my favorite wine bar, and we were just chit-chatting like very quickly because I was drinking a margarita and reading my Kindle and he loves me for being the person that takes a book to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about just like politics because we have a provincial election coming up very soon actually. And he was saying like I just don't want my friends to be harmed by the government. And I'm like cuz he is very he is the one that puts on all the drag shows here in town and like he does drag and he's phenomenal. <laughs> like <laughs> I've sent you videos. I know yeah, I have. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> the most voluptuous woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were just talking about it and he's like, I just want my family and my friends to be safe. That's all I want from life. And I was like, yeah, that's all anybody should ever. Wor- I don't understand these people that want to make policies to harm somebody else's child, somebody else's brother, somebody else's sister. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense in my brain, these white Christians that think that they have some right to swoop in and destroy other people's families. It just make it make sense to me because that's what Christ wanted. Christ wanted other families to be completely obliterated. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I just watched last night. I was watching. There's six episodes of it. It's um, uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw it on Netflix. Um, I almost watched it last night. 
and they have a podcast, so I'm probably going to listen to it. But um, I couldn't stop watching it because it was just so good. But they have an episode on um, the binary and like being oh, non-binary. Um, yeah. And they talked to this two-spirit person, and they gave this like beautiful um, like the background on being two-spirit. And like how the a, um, there was a I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but there's this tree, and the creator struck the tree in half, and then it had men on one side, the men male warriors on one side, female warriors on the other, and they had leftover stuff, so he just kept that that part combined, and so that's where the two spirit people come in. Oh, that's beautiful. I, that's beautiful. Yeah, and um, the fact that this this individual was so respectful to their culture and to their um, like they had moved from Chicago, I think they said Chicago, mm-hmm. and then um, they moved back to like the reservation mm-hmm. to embrace their um, their culture and also to um, to understand what it is to be two spirit because they knew that that's what they were and then yeah. uh, and it's they, a revered thing in the culture of exactly being like you're one of those lucky people that is both like yeah, I don't understand I don't understand how in like today's society it's something that was so revered and so beautiful and so sacred to these other cultures is now like demonized demonized it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. it doesn't make sense to it's me because we don't understand they don't understand it and yeah. um and the, anything they don't understand they're afraid of yeah exactly and uh, it's a thing of control so mm-hmm. it incredible episode i highly recommend it but they also talked about that how there's a ceremony where they are given a new name and it's a name of the uh recognizes them as a shaman as a um a wise being and as a um somebody that can traverse between both sides oh, of the, cry. the male and beautiful. Beautiful. i know it's beautiful and so um beautiful. it made me cry when they, they were talking about it and i um the let's see what else did they say so they also talked to jonathan jvn talked to this uh other i can't remember their name a lock a l o k anyway they and they were like at stonewall and so there's this whole scene where they're all talking um jvn is talking with a bunch of there's the two-spirit individual there's like a couple other trans people that are there and they're talking in Stonewall, which was incredible. Like the, that would be incredible, yeah. And then um, they, but before that, they're talking to JBN is talking to Alok, which is, and um, JBN asks them why are why is uh, being transgender? Why is being non-binary? Why is that a threat in poli- politics? And they're like because it it we represent possibility. We represent mm-hmm. freedom. We mm-hmm. represent that the idea that there can be um, nonconformity, and we don't have to um, that the rules don't apply. Like, yeah, um, society wants there to be very clear, very distinct lines in the sand of mm-hmm. what's this and what's this, and there are things that blend between those makes people uncomfortable because they don't know how to react to them. We've been taught that if it doesn't fit here and if it doesn't fit here, we can't we can't handle it. 
yeah. you know? Well, and they talk about also the white supremacy mm-hmm. behind um, transgender, like the, and the idea of the binary mm-hmm. is because um, there's these scientists in the 1800, I don't even know if they were, they reference who they are. I can't remember who they were, but there's these guys that basically said that uh, white people, um, that the binary is like a evolutionary thing that it's mm-hmm. um it's because we're superior and because mm-hmm. we have this um we're able to delineate the two and because and because we have that separation the people that don't do that um and it was interesting to me because i was like maybe that is that why there was so much um is that really the crux of why indigenous people were eradicated because they saw the white people saw like quote unquote savages and saw these people that were living without this conformity, this binary system that they were so used to. And they're like, Oh, they're savages, obviously. Cause they don't, they don't go, they don't apply to what we see as mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. And so that's why they were, they were eradicated. Yeah. Look <laughs> at all the, like the indigenous children that were taken from their families on the reserve here and put in white families to be yeah. raised in the church. It's the same thing. They don't believe what we believe, so we need to rip that away from them and put them in our boxes. Yeah. Like it's make them just, live by the bi- binary. Make, make them, them live, live by, by the binary. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And which is not what Jesus w- would have no. wanted. No. Ever. I don't recall a single part of the Bible where he said, hey, any of those brown kids need to be made white. Yeah. Pretty sure Jesus was brown because he was Middle Eastern, so... Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, let's see. He talks about two expressions, one by a recent speaker at BYU and the other in an earlier talk by a general authority. It's weird that he doesn't give who it is. Maybe because it's problematic. Uh, The whole work of the plan of salvation culminating in the great atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ is to enable us to become beings of love in the deepest form of connection with others. This teaches us the commandments and all prophetic guidance, including the precious truths and the proclamation on the family, are to guide us in the ways of God that we might become beings of love. Now, the other talk, trying to please others before pleasing God, is inverting this first and second commandments. It is forgetting which which way we face, and yet we have all made that mistake because of the fear of men. So I think what he's trying to do, because there is that movement within the church that there's people are being like, well, my, my uncle's gay, you know, and I can't, like, I'm supposed to, like, people are starting to question that. They're starting to, starting to see, like, I can't love him because he's gay and, but I'm supposed to adhere to this. It's very problematic when you have a family member and you're trying to be a good Mormon, quote uh unquote, and then you're, it's brought to your attention of like, you're so you're not supposed to have them in your home you're not supposed to you can associate with them but you have to keep that distance because you don't want to be seen as like you know allowing their their lifestyle to be okay condoning it yeah that's the word i was looking for you're not condoning the lifestyle like i yeah and i i experienced this on a I've talked to you about this before Mm -hmm. i experienced this on a basically weekly basis because i see my sister and her kids about every other week and um they still don't know quote unquote that i'm gay like i'm pretty sure 
the older kids have figured I would it assume out. They but, would, yeah. Um, the but they also don't believe that. Quote, <laughs> I don't believe this for a minute. They they're 14 year olds and they say that they don't believe in Santa. They believe in Santa Claus still. So. Well, I mean, I don't. I feel like that's just a whole other issue. But that's a whole other issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the. I don't know. It's been driving me crazy lately that I just, I can't, I have to dampen myself around them and I can't, um, yeah. And I have to conform to them, but then, and I'm okay with being respectful to a degree, but when it comes to a point where it's not like you're going to walk into their house with booty shorts and nipple piercings or something crazy. I don't know. I don't know why I went there, but <laughs> I mean, I but, might get nipple piercings, but no. I mean, <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna show them. But yeah, or like, you know, like I'm just trying to think of like the stereotypical like gay pride costuming that always happens yeah. with like the booty shorts and like the leather harnesses. Like, absolutely, at Pride, go for it. I'd love to see yeah. it. But it's not like you're gonna walk in for family supper wearing that. You know, and I feel like there's this fear of like, oh, if we let him be gay, he's going to be. Yeah. And like, maybe maybe you don't even like to wear leather harnesses. Maybe they chafe. I don't know. (laughs) 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 But it's just it's this concept of like them trying to be like protecting themselves from the evil of you just being like, I I don't understand. Because I mean choices that you know and yeah. <laughs> you made choices yeah you didn't just you weren't just born like this okay sure yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i made a choice to be a blonde blue-eyed person sure <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see so uh all right uh these descriptions of love and law are both true guides of what god has commanded us to do i have previously referred to our continually trying to balance the dual commandments of love and law but i now believe that goal that goal to be better expressed is trying to live both of these commandments in a more complete way anyone who does not treat individuals who face gender identity challenges with love and dignity is not aligned with the teachings of the first and second great commandments so that's actually let's see anyone who does not treat individuals who face gender identity challenges with love and dignity is not aligned with the teachings of the first and second great commandments so he's actually not being i actually i agree with what they're saying but i know there's going to be like a crux of like but we're not going to let them you know live the same way we live like they have to be ostracized and othered and not i'm sure i'm I'm waiting for it (laughs) just you wait for a minute Uh, Thus, on the subject of God's law, we need to remember that God has revealed again and again that he created male and female. Ah, there it is. There it is. See, we're going to love them so that they understand that they're confused and we're going to fix them back to the binary through the love of Christ or what the fuck ever. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you almost got it. But then, eh. (laughs) <laughs> you had to add the little <laughs> there's always they always say something really that you're like yeah i can get behind that and then they just add that little bit that you're like mm, and there it is and yep. there it is yeah and on the subject of our duty to love our neighbor we need to remember that god has commanded us to love even those who do not keep all the commandments 
If you, yeah. a family member or a friend, is struggling with these issue, issues of confusion of identity, <laughs> confusion, I urge you to apply both the law of the gospel and the love and mercy of our Savior and Redeemer. Of course, it's always just like, oh, yeah, just pray about it and just have them yeah. go to the and scriptures. He even says, like, he, uh, go to the scriptures, pray, pray get personal revelation through, G, through Sky Daddy. Anyway. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's Christian, not Mormon, just Christian. And she was saying how, like, Christians have gotten such a bad rap because of these, like, radicalized people. She's like, I, I have no problem with people being trans or, or gay. Or, but as soon as I say I'm Christian, it's like I am lumped in with them. And I was like, yeah, unfortunately, because they're louder than you. Like, people like you need to stand up and say, like, this is what this is not right. And this is not all of us. Yeah. But, but unfortunately, a lot of like I know a lot of my good like Christian friends are very quiet and they're very like they just do like you know their their practice of spirituality and religion very quietly and to themselves and it's the loud mouths that kind of make mm-hmm. people associate them with that unfortunately yeah. yeah uh so now he's going to get into actual let's see. <laughs> Okay. A related and more familiar issue is the feeling of being romantically attracted to persons of the same gender. Of course, if not acted on, such attractions are not sins. But how do we deal with such feelings in us or in others? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe oh my God. just oh leave God. us the fuck alone. I yeah, don't. just how about just stop? <laughs> Again, it, what it, does it bother you? Dallin, do you sit, lay in bed at night just, like, racked with pain and sorrow because people live differently than you? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and also, I'm just like, Bitch, you gay, probably. Like, I, <laughs> He's always, always, always talking about yeah. it. Always. Always. Yeah. Uh, my first advice is to remember that whatever our own variations in the diversity of our Father in Heaven's creations, he loves all of us and his perfect plan of happiness. Uh, we show our love by him. And then, uh, as persons and family members experience such feelings, they should be careful with labels. President Russell... President Russell M. Nelson, which this is now like the 10th time that he's talked about him. So <laughs> I think he's obsessed. Uh, spoke Aww, of this. The world romance. Mm, you know. uh, so President Russell M. Nelson taught that labeling is universally limiting because it divides and restricts the way people think about themselves and each other. Yet y'all are. Y'all very... make sure you got a labeled man and woman and husband and wife. and. Well, there's that. And also like, oh, don't don't call you a Mormon. You know, oh like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then respect pronouns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you do that, then we'll start calling you, you know. Church, yeah, right. And also, they're <laughs> more obsessed with pronouns than anybody else is because if you misgendered them, oh my god. Like, oh, I got blocked on Twitter for calling a guy a girl just because <laughs> I was like, he's like, I'm clearly a guy. I was like, yeah, clearly, but like, so I don't know. You have you have a pronoun then. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting yeah. how that happens, hey? Interesting. Weird. I know. I call uh, you girl all the time, and then yeah. my other really good friend, who is a woman, I'm always saying dude to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> uh, let's see. No, I didn't. Uh, consequently, he is in Russell. No, no, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Russell okay. Nelson uh, said, no identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations, child of God, child of the covenant, and disciple of Jesus Christ. Child of the covenant. We're so much better than everybody else. Uh, 
Barf. <laughs> uh, any identifier that is not compatible compatible with these three basic designations will ultimately let you down. Other labels will disappoint you in time because they do not have the power to lead you toward eternal life in the celestial kingdom of God. So they're blatantly just saying, like, if you label yourself as anything that's not what we approve of, then um, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> These are the pre-approved labels that you are allowed to use. Do (laughs) not add to the list. (laughs) But we don't believe in labels. Yeah. Okay, sure, Jen. Uh, Once you and I have made a covenant with God, our relationship with him becomes much closer than before our covenant. Now we are bound together. Because of our covenant with God, he will never tire in his efforts to help us, and we will never exhaust his merciful patience with us. Uh... See, adding to the personal power that comes with keeping covenants is our Savior's wonderful teaching that in the midst of the challenges of mortal life, we should be of good cheer. Uh, in a worldwide address a few months ago, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, we're hitting all the good ones, uh, oh reminded us that Jesus gave the teaching in, on the eve of his crucifixion. How could he speak of cheerfulness in the midst of all the anguish he faced? So, anyway, hmm. that's. Uh, let's see. We've spoken about the plan of salvation, all three acts that have been revealed, especially the purpose of this mortal life. He's just giving like a, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're just not gonna. He does let Sister Oaks kind of finish her little her thoughts, which, and that's uh, nice of him. Yeah, basically all of her stuff is just like, yeah, what he said. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> I totally support my husband and everything he does. Let me take another pill. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not saying she's medicated. I'm just saying it's probably likely. Well, uh, I mean, she he's he picked her for a reason. You know, like he married mm-hmm. her for a reason. And unfortunately, yeah. that reason is probably because she is conformative. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. On that note, I highly recommend watching that episode of uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Incredible. The whole the whole ep- series is only six episodes. He talks yeah. about That's super about- weird that I almost watched it last night, but apparently I just wanted to scroll everything for 30 minutes and then went to bed. So I never <laughs> actually watched anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's one about bugs. There's one about snacks. There's, one, uh, there's the one about uh, wigs. And hair. Wigs. Oh. And there's one about one. Uh, the non, the binary, non-binary. Uh, what else is there? There's skyscrapers, and then something else, but I can't remember what it is. Cool. I'm gonna go watch it. I think. Well, it's. So I say cool. that, and then I'll go and get have ADD for the rest of the afternoon, and be like, "What was <laughs> I gonna do?" Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> well, well thank fun. you for sharing that with me. I just, um, I don't know. It just Anytime. like. It reestablishes the fact that, like, they're so contradictory and they're so problematic and they only want you to be exactly what they say. Exactly. And there's no wiggle room in their they, little... They do give, like, um, what is it, lip service a little bit. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, but but only, but we're still just trying to fix you. Because what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually not what God wants. So like maybe, maybe we just love you, and then we'll just, and it, so they hit a lot of hot topics in that one, and that's also like really recent. Like mm-hmm. yeah, just a few days ago, really. What's the yeah. date today? And um, a week ago, yeah. Yeah, and 
so to say that like a lot of members now would probably be like, oh, we don't believe that. We love everybody, and like mm, you do love. You mean you can? Yeah. It's <laughs> as a Mormon, you pick out that that one spot of like love them, but you're not like we're looking at it black and white with mm-hmm. you know de- deconstructing with it, and we're seeing them saying, but. Mm-hmm. They are not following God's teachings. Like we see that as it is. Yeah. Where as a Mormon, you're like you just hear the "We love everybody," and you're yeah. not thinking about the fact that the we're extra, still angry. And the other little hmm. piece of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, I was going to mention I watched a TikTok about. <laughs> well, anyway, but this this girl, <laughs> this woman goes on on about like the history of transgender in like culture, and how like. Um, a lot of people think that being transgender is like a new quote unquote thing. Oh, it's a it's fad. Not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and been it, around for centuries. Yeah. There's like documentation of like B- BCE stuff that's mm-hmm. been, you know, and, um, and the thing is that those people were, like you said, they were revered. They were seen as, um, wise and, yeah. uh, Whereas now we're just like demonizing them. Mm-hmm. Happens and in the animal kingdom. It happens. Do you see those two gay penguins that stole all the eggs from? Oh. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. These two gay penguins who've been mates forever mm-hmm. stole eggs from female penguins. In their <laughs> <laughs> it was so. I was like, oh my goodness, I love them so much. <laughs> Right. So the, uh, Christians, Mormons would be like, mm, that's what all gays want to do. They just want to steal our eggs. <laughs> no, I don't want have my have my children if you would like. <laughs> I don't want them. Can take them for a weekend. <laughs> Bring them right back. <laughs> like that was fun. Goodbye forever. <laughs> I mean, go sleep for like the next ten years. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs>